0: Praise God for the provision of meeting together with saints of like precious faith. Thank God that we have this time right now where we can set aside, as it were, the cares of the world and press in to see the face of our Lord Jesus Christ, who concerning mankind is the most important person that any of us will ever know. He is mankind's only connection to God. Amen. Without Jesus, nobody would ever know God. As a result, no one could ever be saved. See, he, he is the way, the truth, and the life. Truly, no, no man comes to the Father but by him. And he has not only declared himself to be these things, he has shown himself to be these things. Today, I want to consider the tr- this truth that Jesus Christ is, is the faithful and true witness of God. He himself stated this truth in Revelation under the church of the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write these things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. The reminder that Jesus is a faithful and true witness was spoken to this church at Laodicea. That church was a lukewarm church, a church that was noted for not having a zeal for God. Indifference and mediocrity and complacency had crept its way into this church. They had become like wayward wayward Israel, halted in between two opinions. They were indifferent to the things of God, indifferent towards essential matters, towards eternal things. They were half-hearted. They were not all in for the Lord. Not fully committed to following after Christ. Does that sound familiar? Perhaps that's because many congregations today are in the exact same state as the church was in Laodicea when Jesus addressed it. There are assemblies today that give more consideration to the color of the paint on the outside of the building than preparing people for eternity, see? The church's business, is, see, is to prepare the people to, to, to encounter a righteous and a holy God. See, we're going to encounter a righteous and a holy God. And we must be prepared for that reality. And such things as, as this, that That a church would be lukewarm makes Jesus sick to his stomach. He said, so then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Literally means to vomit them out of his mouth. They were not serious about the things of God. And as a result, a casualness crept in that caused them to consider earthly things as more important than things pertaining to eternity. Their lack of effort and disinterest in the things of God caused them to become deluded. And it made Jesus sick. He said, I'll vomit you out of my mouth because you say I'm rich and become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. See, these lukewarm brethren needed a word from a faithful and true witness. The beginning of the creation of God, the origin of all things living the one responsible for everything that you see here, you and me, and the entire seen and unseen creation as well. That's the one who's talking here. And these brethren had been diverted to consider inferior things that were going to pass away. But the one who speaks here is the same one who said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So he's calling them up to a higher and loftier, things than this present evil world. Jesus Jesus ministers to our essential need, not the things that are inconsequential, not the things that are going to pass away. In light of the present circumstance in the modern church, this message from Jesus, the faithful and true witness, is a word that they ought to perk up to as well. In a day it cuz we live in a day where there exists a form of godliness that denies the power it's a day where iniquity is abounding and the love of many has waxed cold it's a day that no doubt makes Jesus sick to his stomach but praise God that Jesus is the is faithful Amen. praise God that his mercies are new and that we have been given a word of recovery from the wonder working physician of the souls of men praise God that Jesus cares for his church, and he cares for his own. He's the faithful and true witness. He speaks what he knows, and he testifies to what he has seen. His word is trustworthy, and it's established. Jesus is the truth himself. Jesus is the truth incarnate, and he personally attests to the truth. He speaks verily, verily. See, He, he is the amen. He's the final word, the true witness for God. And he has all such qualifications. Jesus himself will never speak or approve of anything which the God of truths he would not speak or approve of as well. Even when he was on the earth, Jesus said, I have not spoken of myself, but the father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. He's the witness of God. God has testified to the truth of himself through his son. Jesus said, I speak that which I have seen with my father. He was a witness to these things. He said, most assuredly, I say unto you that the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do for whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. See, he is God's witness. He has certainly been a personal eyewitness of God, came forth from God, can personally relate to what he has seen, and furthermore, what he is, and is more than willing to testify of it, seeing that God is a God that desires to be known. And a God that desires to be known is a God who leaves a witness and who leaves a testimony. God, See, God, God isn't hiding what he's doing. God's not like over in some corner sneakily hiding and doing what he's doing over there. No, he, God has worked, is working salvation for, before an assembled universe here. God leaves a witness to all men. God is a God of light. God is a God of illumination. He leaves a witness to all men. That they are without excuse. Create think about just the creation itself. It says there in Romans that creation itself is a witness. It, it, it testifies that there is a powerful being that made it. Just the things around you. It's a witness that they were created and that men are without excuse. See, there's not going to be any, there's no excuse for not seeking God because. We live in the world that God created. It's a witness. The word witness is defined as an attestation of a fact or event. Jesus often said, verily, verily, attesting to the surety of what he spoke. A witness is used in a court of law as a person who testifies to what they have seen, heard, or know about a particular circumstance. It's a person who gives a testimony. It could also be a representation of what is true. It's also defined as that which furnishes or evidences proof of an actual thing, an actual reality. And this is the manner of our God, that the truth is a witness and has a witness. It says, he, he left not himself without witness. Acts 14, 17. It's a principle that, that when it comes to any matter, the truth of it is established by witness. All throughout the scriptures, God has left himself a witness to his working. There's a witness behind it. When Cain was cursed, God set a mark on him. And it was a witness to the world that he was that see that that he was cursed of God. It's written of Abel that he obtained witness that he was righteous because he offered a more excellent sacrifice, and God testifying of his gifts, and by it being dead yet yet speaketh. See, it's a wit- it's a witness. Yeah. Immediately following a global flood which destroyed the world, which in and of itself was a witness of the wrath of God. The Lord told Noah, Behold, I establish my covenant with you. See, there's an establishment here. I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you and with every living creature that is with you, of the fowl and the cattle and of every beast on the earth with you, from all that go out of the ark to the beasts of the earth, and I will establish my covenant with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood. Neither shall there be any more a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the token of the covenant, which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the cloud. And it shall be for a token of the covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall no more become a flood to destroy all the earth. And the bow shall be in the cloud and I will look upon it. That I may remember the everlasting covenant between the God and every living creature that is on all flesh that is upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, this is the token of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Now there you have it. The seed of this principle in Genesis that from the very beginning God has left a witness of the everlasting covenant between him and every living creature on the earth. See this was a he established this covenant by leaving a witness for the whole earth here. When Jacob and Laban made a covenant with each other, they set up a heap of stones as a witness between them. Genesis 31, 44. Something that they, both they and others would be able to look upon and reflect upon the covenant that was made. Some of this witness is established in the presence of all the natural creation. And other witnesses are established personally, see, in in a close proximity with God. The Israelites were circumcised in their flesh. And this, see, this was a token of the covenant given to Abraham and his descendants. It was performed on a personal and hidden area of the body. And it would really serve as a witness between them and the God of the covenant of Abraham. The no, see, the, the nobleman who came to Jesus and asked him to heal his son, who was at the point of death. And Jesus healed him. It was in the seventh hour. Jesus healed his, said, said that your son's healed. So he went back and they, they told him, your son's fever broke. And he asked, when about the time did that happen? And they said the seventh hour. Now, see, he knew that, that was a witness for that man. That what Jesus had spoken was true. When Moses performed the signs and wonders in front of Pharaoh and the magicians, it was a witness to the superiority of the Lord. And it was a witness to what he was saying was true. See, he didn't just go there with a word. He went there with a word and with a demonstration for a witness Even though the magicians attempted to copy what God did through Moses, they could never perfectly duplicate it as from the first, Moses' staff swallowed up their staff. See, it was a witness. Nevertheless, there came a point, though, that the magicians had to admit, this is the finger of God. The things that had been done when that plague of lice came, and and they said, this is the finger of God's... That was a witness to the truth. Pharaoh and his army were overthrown in the sea, and the destruction of it was so great that it was left as a witness to the entire world of the power of God. Rahab said this, being a, a heathen woman, she said this, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that your terror has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you, for we have heard... We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. See, it was a witness of the powerful God that they served. In fact, time would fail for me to mention every account where God overthrew his enemies. In a way that testified to the superiority of a righteous and a holy God. Triumphant uh, of an almighty God. Joseph's exaltation in Egypt. Everything from... David's triumph over Goliath, to Gideon's victory with trumpets and lamps, to Joshua's march around Jericho, David's encounter with the lions, the three Hebrew men who were thrown into the Babylonian furnace, all of these things were witnesses to the truth. All of them were witnesses to the salvation of God in Christ Jesus. All throughout the wilderness journey, God left a witness, the manna that came from heaven, The water that came from the rock. The fact that their clothing didn't wax old. And that the people saw it. That that, that when the brazen serpent was lifted up, the people that looked on it lived. See, these things were a witness. There's actually, in number 17, it talks about the tabernacle of witness. At that time, the children of Israel had murmured against Moses and Aaron. So God told Moses, said, take a, Take a rod from each each person's house. Make sure you write the name on it, so everybody had their name written on it. And Aaron's rod was was in the was part of those twelve rods, and and uh, Moses laid them up before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness. And the next morning, when Moses went in there, they found he found that Aaron's rod had budded. There was flowers growing on it. There was it was producing almonds. So they took them out, they laid, they 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 took them out right before everyone. Everybody, everybody took up their rod, and God said, Bring Aaron's rod again before the testimony to be kept for a token against the rebels, and thou shalt take quite take away their murmurings from me, that they die not. See that this was a witness that Moses is, and and that Moses and Aaron were chosen of God. It was a wit- it, it stopped their mouths. It was a witness. It's a tabernacle of witness. Under the law, certain judgments and practices, they occurred in the presence of witnesses. For instance, when, when Boaz redeemed the field of the hand of Naomi, he did it in the midst of many witnesses. See that wasn't an act that was performed, Secretly and in private. This was, this was performed for, so that everybody would know. So that, so that the redemption would be established. See, and this is what God's done. He's left a witness. When God brought Job up before Satan, he said, have you considered my servant Job? He did it at a time when all of the sons of God came to present themselves before himself. That This contest wasn't done like in the corner somewhere. It wasn't just between God and, and Satan and nobody else knew about it. It, it, was, it was done before an assembled universe. They, wit- they witnessed this. They witnessed the faith of Job. And it was, it's written in the scripture too, isn't it? So we've, we've witnessed it too. The scriptures are a witness. The prophets were all sent to bear witness of the truth. And that truth was Jesus Christ as the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Peter, when he addressed the Gentiles, he said, "And, and he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick of the dead to give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. See, it's a, when we're talking about the truth, we're talking about now something that's been established. This has been established. This isn't like hearsay. The truth isn't like hearsay. The truth has a witness. The truth is established. John the Baptist was sent as well to this end. It says, John, bear witness of him and cried, saying, this was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. See, he established a witness. Everything that Jesus did bore witness of who he was. He said, the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. John 10, 25. They were evidence that he was in fact sent from God. They witnessed that he taught differently than the scribes and the Pharisees. They... they, there were people, when they encountered him, they said, never never a man spake like this man. It was a witness. They witnessed a man who was born blind from his youth receiving his sight. Never like, Never anything like that had ever been done before. It was a witness. They witnessed a man with a withered hand being restored whole. A lame man, take up his bed and walk a person that had a demoniac, had a legion of demons in him, was suddenly sitting and in his right mind and the swine were going over the cliff and it was a witness. The lepers were cleansed. They, it was a witness. They saw the bread and the fish multiplied. See, his works testified. It was a witness to what he was saying was true and the fame of christ was published abroad in a more intimate setting with his disciples they would see him calm the storm they would see him transfigured on the mount of transfiguration see it was a it was a witness when jesus was delivered into the hands of men the entire company of soldiers who came to seize him fell backwards at the word i am he It was a witness to who he was. When Jesus stood before Pontius Pilate and he and a a heathen ruler could find no fault in him. He said, I find no fault in him. That was a witness that he was without sin. It was a witness of who he was. Paul would later use this witness when addressing Timothy. Timothy. 1 Timothy 6.13 I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things and before Christ Jesus who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. When Pilate's wife had a dream and pleaded with her husband do not have anything to do with that just man. Do not have anything to do with him. Well, It was a witness. When Jesus died and the sun was darkened and the earth quaked and the rocks split and the veil in the temple that some say was upwards of a handbreadth thick rent from top to bottom. It was a witness that these things were true. When Jesus's side was pierced with a spear and blood and water came out and that was the blood and water of the covenant that that's, that's the blood that we're cleansed by. It was after God had made him to be sin and, and the, and his side was pierced, and blood and water came out, and it was witnessed. It says, and he that saw it bear record, and his record is true, and he knoweth that he saith true, that ye might believe. The Amplified Bible says, and he who saw it, the eyewitness, gives his evidence, and his testimony is true, and he knows that he tells the truth, that you may believe it also. Guy that, this guy didn't make it up. He was an eyewitness to this. When the Lord was buried, even after they had set a watch and sealed the tomb, and the stone was found rolled away, and the disciples found the clothing folded neatly and put into place, it was a witness that the man in the tomb had laid them aside and was not dead but alive. It was a witness when Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared to his disciples. He said, Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. He really rose from the dead. He, and and he, he showed himself that he rose. He was, there was a witness that he rose from the dead. It says that he appeared to them. It says through many infallible proofs, Acts 1-3. They were all witnesses. All of the apostles were witnesses to the truth that he had spoke concerning his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And their words are a witness to us who have said, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and, and with our hands have handled the word of life. They said, this Jesus hath God raised up whereof we are all witnesses. They said, we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God had given them that obey him. Peter said, we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Whatever God did, there was a witness. In fact, there are witnesses even now in heavenly places. Watchers full of eyes. It says the four beasts had each of them six wings about him. And they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. They have witnessed everything that God has done, and they haven't missed a thing. They haven't rested from this witness day or night, and their conclusion to it is holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty. There's also a, a great cloud of witnesses that encompasses us about. The spirits of just men made perfect and the holy angel angels watching. Watching these things. A testimony is a powerful thing. No. A testimony is a powerful thing because it stands as a witness of the work of God. The saints of God... It says they, they, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. That is, what we have witnessed of God in us makes the truth so sure to us that nothing in this world can move a person that has been so persuaded. The, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit That we are the children of God. We know this. Our consciences bear us witness in the Holy Ghost. Jesus is the faithful and true witness. And if he is in you, in ever increasing measures, you will become rooted and grounded and immovable because of that assurance that he ministers to you as the witness of God. It's a witness that is established in all those who are of the truth. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. <laughs> How's that? Was that that, uh, that hymn goes They who trust him wholly find him wholly true? Amen. When there, from the inside there is a witness. And there is an assurance that it like brings out all this other witness that's been there all along. You see, the truth not only has a witness, it is a witness. Jesus Jesus bears witness of himself, and God the Father also bears witness of him. Jesus said, I am one that bears witness of myself, and my Father that sent me beareth witness of me. He said, the father himself, which has sent me, hath borne witness of me. Jesus said that the testimony of two men was true. The witness of two men is true. And even in the law, under the law, the basis of a conviction was established on the word of two or three witnesses. And that's not just under the law. That's in our day, too. That'll stand in a court of law. If you can get two people up to the witness stand that don't know each other, that haven't been affiliated, and they give the same witness, then that's, that's, that's actually considered evidence in a court of law that what they're saying is true. That's why when... Um, this is because the witness of that same account can only be established upon the agreement of another witness, see? See? That's why when many people bore false witness against Christ, none of them agreed. They they couldn't get anybody to agree, even though they found people that would bear false witness. None of those witnesses agreed together. You know, it says, uh, against an elder, receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses. Now, There was a time when an elder was accused of something, but there weren't two or three witnesses, so I didn't receive it. But I'm glad that I didn't, because a false fabricated witness always stands alone and can never be duplicated. Jesus and the Father's witness are in perfect harmony and perfect agreement. John the Beloved wrote concerning him, this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his son. He said, if we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he is born concerning his son. That's a weighty statement. That is, if people can receive a few people's word as evidence that an event took place, they should have no problem receiving the greater testimony of God that he has given by his son Jesus Christ and all them who are associated with him. See, it's good to, it's good to press people today about this. It really is. We live in a day where it's, it's a good thing to just just press this on them. Ask them, why do you think that we came into being as the result of an evolutionary process that supposedly happened by chance over the course of billions of years. And I found that invariably the answer will contain something that has to do with receiving a false witness from men. A research paper that involves research that they themselves did not perform. Observations that they themselves did not make experiments that they themselves did not perform suppositions that they themselves did not come up with entire institutions and schools of thought have been formed upon the witness of a single man only Charles Darwin wrote the origin of species alone yet they have no problem receiving their witness And taking them at their word. But they've rejected the witness of the one who created the universe and everything in it. And has left us a multitude of witness. The witness of the son and the spirit and all those who are of the truth and born of the truth. And refuse to take the almighty God at his word. They're calling God, who cannot lie, a liar by doing so. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself, and he that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God has given of his Son. God gave us a record, and God cannot lie. See, unbelief causes a person to not perceive this witness from God. Jesus said of such people, verily I say unto thee, we speak what we do know and testify that which we have seen and ye receive, not our witness. The unbelief just made it to where they couldn't receive it. The truth can look a man square in the face and that man won't perceive or receive the truth because of the hardness of their heart. Remember Jesus, Jesus, who is the truth. Jesus is the truth. He looks straight at Pilate testifying of the truth. And Pilate asked, what is truth? However, we're not just taking Jesus at his word. And, and we do believe things that we don't understand. If Jesus said it, I believe it. But we know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. See, we have the witness in ourself. This isn't a blind trust. Right. This isn't superstition, which is religion without, we, we talked about that this morning, without any kind of evidence whatsoever. This is, a, this is an intimate fellowship with the truth. It's a real perception and knowledge of eternal realities to the point where we can testify of the reality of them. We've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And he that hath received his testimony hath set to his seal that God is true. Jesus told his disciples, Ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Brethren, you can add my name to the list of those who certify God is true. I'm going to certify today God is true. I put my seal to that. God is true. God, the Father, bears witness of Jesus. The Son bears witness of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit bears witness of Jesus. Jesus said, when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of the truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. It's the witness. He's... If you have the Holy Spirit in you, you have the witness in yourself that these things are true. The things Jesus spoke are established on the words of these three witnesses, God himself and the Holy Spirit, as well of all of those who have received his testimony and have set their seal that God is true. Every single one of the apostles, except for John the Beloved, died a martyr's death. Every one of them, gave their life for what they believed. It's documented in the history books as a witness. Fox wrote Fox's Book of Martyrs as a witness. These martyrs were a witness that what they believed is true. For some, a person might die for something that they're persuaded is true, but nobody dies for what they know is a lie. Every single one of these men were witnesses of the truth. A witness that persists to this very day. Christians stand for peace and love and faithfulness and helpfulness and truth and kindness and charity and meekness and gentleness. Christians are hardworking. They're selfless. They consider others over themselves. They extend themselves to others. Even taking of their own substance, they pour themselves out. These things not only are noble qualities recognized by any civilized man, might I add, but they are qualities that benefit all humanity in general. No one is at a physical disadvantage Because of how Christians live their lives. Yet this very day. They are slaughtered. And persecuted. And imprisoned. And tortured. And belittled all over the world. Why? Why? We need to press this upon people. Because that's not all they stand for. They stand for righteousness. And fallen men don't do what is right by nature. And so the world hates the testimony of Christ because Jesus testifies that the world's works are evil. And so the world... And and so when Christians live in the world and they have the witness in themselves, those who don't know God and don't live right are convicted of that fact... They are under the influence of the prince of the power of the air who makes war with the saints. And so they seek to snuff out people who are good and wholesome and loving and caring because they want to continue doing what they know is wrong. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. And men chose to love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil the fact that the people of God are persecuted is a witness to this reality. It's a witness that the things that are, that are written herein is true. Peter actually even said that there's going to be some people that, are, that raise up. They're going to be charlatans. They're going to make merchandise of the people of God. They're actually going to Their whole goal is going to be to make money. They're going to be charlatans in the church. And Peter said, because of those people, the way of truth is going to be evil spoken of. Now, that's occurred in the day that we live in. And nobody can deny that. Not even the heathen can deny that. In fact, they actually use it as an excuse not to believe God. They'll say, look at how they're behaving over there. I could never serve a God like that. And it's a convenient excuse for them to continue in their own sin. But guess what? Peter said it would happen. It's happened. And that's a witness. He's left a witness that these things are the truth. In summary, God has left mankind so much witness that the only way that a person could possibly not be persuaded of what God said is that they really didn't care to know what he said. The only way a person could possibly leave this earth ignorant of a God that has vested himself in humanity in this day that we live in is because they really aren't interested in knowing God, in living for God, in loving God, in finding God. Anything has to do with him. They said, we will not have this man to reign over us. They have the nerve to say things like, show us a sign. Now, Jesus, Jesus is, the, is the fullness of the truth. He, he knows all things. Could you imagine? Jesus heard this. Show us a sign. He said, a, w- a wicked and perverse generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given to it except for the prophet Jonah. There's been enough signs. There's been enough witness. Jonah's sign. This was Jonah's sign. It was a word that God was going to destroy Nineveh in a few short days. That's it. Now, Nineveh repented at that word. And the people today who are currently also abiding under the wrath of God would do well to repent at the same word. God's going to destroy When he comes back, he's coming back in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those that don't know God and don't obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the sign of the prophet Jonah. What are you going to do with that message? Flee to Christ for refuge. The creation bears witness of Jesus. The father bears witness of Jesus. Jesus bears witness of himself. His words bear witness of him. His works bear witness of him. The Holy Spirit bears witness of him. The multitudes bear witness of him. The prophets bear witness of him. The scriptures bear witness of him. His disciples bear witness of him. And everyone who is born of him who has the witness in himself who has set their seal that God is true bears witness of him. They are without excuse. Everyone who takes up the message of the gospel speaks the thing that God has determined to be preached into all the world for a witness unto all the nations. And then shall the end come. This very message delivered to you today is a witness that these things are true. No other religion on the face of the earth is this way. No other religion has established so much witness spanning the beginning of the creation until present day. Anyone who has ever claimed to be deity, come from deity, or no deity has stood alone apart from other witnesses that perfectly agree to their witness. Their message has not agreed. Lee Strobel wrote a book called The Case for Christ. And in it, he described how he set out to actually to disprove the authenticity of the Bible. His wife had come to Christ and at first he thought she'd been brainwashed. So he set out to do this for her sake, actually. Being a lawyer, he was familiar with what could be considered to be evidence And a court of law, and he was sure that he could prove his case that the Bible was a fake. But the more he looked into it, the more he found that not only could it not be disproven, but that the opposite was happening. He was faced with things that he could not sincerely just explain away. The fact that all of the Gospels were written by different men, decades apart from one another. And how the accounts were almost word for word between them all. And how the copies throughout the ages have retained almost 99.9999999% accuracy between them. With only small misspellings and and like periods and commas. How in the court of law many of these things today would be definitely considered evidence since they came forth from eyewitness accounts, since there are, there are historical records of the happenings, and how an analyst would easily be able to prove the authenticity of the witness because of the impeccable accuracy of these accounts given. But of course, these things were not the only things on Brother Lee's mind. I believe what tipped the scales was the fact that he had a witness living in his own home. His own wife was different. And her life confirmed some of the things that he had been reading in the scriptures. And he began to desire the peace and the security that she had. That he perceived that he did not have. And in this situation was fulfilled this scripture. Likewise, ye wives be in subjection to your own husbands. That if any obey not the word, they may also, without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation, coupled with fear. See, it was what happened there was a witness. He wrote that book. That was a witness. What happened there was a witness. It fulfilled the scripture. It was a witness. Paul was once bitten by a snake on the island of Malta, and he just, he just shook it off. He shook it off. That witness gave even more power to the words that he spoke. The same is true with you or I. When the world witnesses how trouble doesn't destroy us, when it witnesses that we live differently, it undergirds the message that we speak and what we believe. We are living epistles because of Christ who dwells in us as the faithful and true witness, the witness of which we all have in ourselves. Mm -hmm. I would like to open up for some comments now. Brother David,
1: there's so much evidence that what you're saying is true. And you already said it, but I'm going to say it again. That all these archaeological discoveries, they prove the Bible. They don't, they're, they're, none of these archaeological discoveries disprove what is contained in the Bible. The, you have the uh, accuracy of the text faithfully copied with the just minuscule little differences between them. Mm-hmm. You have the uh, witness of the prophets who were told by God things that they could not have known would happen. And yet they told it. And when it did come to pass, that proved who God was, that what he said was going to happen, that he was the only one only one that couldn't make it happen. You have the witness of uh, the uh, prophets pointing out that like they say, well, what, who is God and what is His Son's name? And that was way before Christ. That was probably a thousand years before Christ. You have the witness. God testifies of of Christ. Mm-hmm. Jesus said uh, I testi- uh he, he testified of of the Father, but he he said he his testimony was true. He proved it by the miracles that he did. Mm-hmm. He, he had the ability to cast out demons to. Heal people to forgive sins here on earth. His testimony was true. You yeah, have the Holy Spirit was was sent to bear witness. We, we have the uh, apostles who uh, most of Jesus' apostles end up dying a very cruel death, and they, they never recanted. They they were accurate in everything they said. They they were his witnesses, and I don't. I didn't see these things happen myself. But I believe that testimony of the scriptures is true. But for me, the most important testimony is that the Holy Spirit is Amen. given to us as a witness. Amen. And uh, you, you, I couldn't explain why my life has changed. The, uh, it be the, whole, the fact that it's true, that Jesus did... Take away sin, that he rose from the dead, that he's now at the Father's right hand. Is proven in my life, and your life, and in the lives of believers all around the world. Who they now are acceptable to God. They they've had their consciences cleaned Amen. by His blood. Their uh, their life is a witness. Amen. Their life has been changed, and it could not have been done any other way. Not through. Uh, program or some kind of God changed my life. Mm -hmm. I have the witness in myself. And so I'm going to set my seal to it that Jesus is true. That he Mm -hmm. is the Savior of all men and through faith in him. That's how we are acceptable to God. How we can come to God.
0: Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, yeah. Apologetics will try and take
0: natural witnesses and and say, "Look, we can we can prove that the Bible is true because and then they'll put forth some kind of geological feature or something like that." But see, while while those things certainly are witnesses, mankind never got the picture. Ma- mankind never got it when it was just Jesus Christ is the faithful and true witness. Yeah, that's see, right he 's the one, the Holy Spirit is the one that makes these applications to where we can we can see we, we, we know we, by faith we understand that the worlds were formed by the Word of God, but it's I think a lot of times people have gotten that gotten that backwards if, if you understand what i 'm saying Sister June
3: this shouldn 't surprise us from what we find in the earth. Comports to what is scripture. Amen. And I, I um, spoke to my Bible class in, in Indiana one time. A couple of the students come in; and they were all upset. And they said, "Sister Jude, is evolution true? Did dinosaurs really exist?" They <laughs> waited the two, and I says, "Yeah, dinosaurs existed. We have their bones mm-hmm. and imprints, and they just look like." it and I said, "Look, truth. W- w- there, there's not going to be any conflict between truth and fact. Yeah, the conflict comes in the interpretation of the facts, that's and right. that's what you largely have in geology. That's right. And if you're honest, there, the evidence is there. They yeah. just refuse to see it. Yeah, and they hide behind their degrees and their fame and notoriety. You made a statement. Jesus is the only mean to knowing God. Now that's mm-hmm. true. Someone might ask, well what about before he came? How is that true? It's because everything was looking forward. Yes. If Jesus had not come, everything that was written before would have been null and void. Amen. The the scriptures they are the testimony of mm-hmm. Jesus. So it still all hinges on Jesus being Amen. the only begotten Son of God. Mm-hmm. Amen. And I told my class, I said, evolution is not true. Mm-hmm. And I would be willing to to go nose to nose with the most prominent evolutionist in the land because they can't substantiate. It's a house of cards. Yes. That's right. Mm-hmm.
0: Amen. Sister Heather?
4: Um, one of the biggest sources of joy mm-hmm. for myself when I first came to know the Lord and had the indwelling of the Spirit was um, all the witnesses being uh, for me again instead of against me. Mm-hmm. I had such joy uh, with the confirmations mm-hmm. through the witnesses that, yes, yeah. you know, the Word is true. And so much mm-hmm. was opened up to me. I could see the Lord's. Mm-hmm. Um, Grace. I could see his purpose. I could see his long suffering. I could see um, his plan for my life and and the fulfillment of his promises. And um, even as I walk now, um, the confirmations Mm -hmm. I receive through his word and and through living my life just as a constant source of joy. Mm Because I I have that inner witness Mm -hmm. that testifies that these things are true. Like in, in creation, I have the witness of creation and and so many other brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. i just want to give thanks um, to god and and that your uh, sermon very much brought me joy reflecting on all the witnesses
0: amen amen brother robert
2: yeah this this uh, you made this point right at the very beginning and at the end that jesus is the witness yeah now the thing is is that if you look back in genesis it, it it and then John writes about it. Says, In the beginning was the Word, yes. and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Mm-hmm. I people pay attention. Now that's right at the beginning when He said, "Let there be light." See, the Word went out, and it accomplished the purpose for which He sent it. He sent the Word out. But then all the way at the end, you got Jesus, He's riding a white horse, and on His thigh it says, "The Word of God." He yeah. hasn't changed. Yeah, He's the same Word. That was in the beginning that did everything that god did was by for and through him see jesus is the word now he came as a man the word was made flesh and dwelt among us Mm -hmm. and look what he accomplished and so all these witnesses when you put them together it it makes salvation reasonable to sincere hearts amen They're, they're they're Amen. they'll repent and be baptized if they can see the truth Jesus is the truth yes. all this stuff is tied together and, and without it if you're just going to your whole religion if it's on conjecture like what another man said some man wrote this doctrine well, you're not going to have this kind of assurance you're not going to have these kinds of witnesses and men all by themselves can't, can't do this kind of thing you would have to live well. The earth has been here a little over six thousand years. We, we at this point, in the present time, you'd have to be at least six thousand years old to be able to testify. But see, God has testified. God was there, and look, we have the testimony right here. Peter says, "We have not followed cunningly devised fables." That's right. That is a, now he was he, he was walked with Jesus, and he says, "No, this is not a fable." This is the truth, Amen. and so I, when you see that and and you repent, then as you went over this very very well, it, that witness moves inside <laughs> you, Amen. and now see you can do all things through Christ to strengthen. Strength. Amen. 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 Well, thank you,
0: brethren.